welcome to the whole story. It's the second in the series of uh, podcasts where we talk to a wholesaler or somebody wholesaler adjacent about the issues which are affecting our sector. And I am delighted to be joined today by the new Unitas Commercial Director, Kirsty Cooper. Welcome, Kirsty. Thanks, James. Really excited to be here. You just started Unitas what, a couple of weeks ago? Yeah, a couple of weeks ago. So yeah, still a newbie and still lots to learn, I'm sure. How's it going so far? It's been excellent. The team are really welcoming. It's got a really good culture, definitely at Unitas uh, and definitely very focused on the members as well. So members have been very open, welcoming, uh, had some good conversations about the opportunities and challenges that they face. Excellent. I, I hesitate to say this because it may, it's probably come out wrong, but you, you've been around wholesale for a long time. <laughs> Please take that in the spirit in which it's intended. Um, yes. Tell us a little bit about your journey to your new role. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, uh, definitely been around a while. I think very passionate about the industry, I guess, is probably the summary I would say. Kind of ended up here really, I guess, mainly because I think my background's a bit of a mix. So I've done both sides. So having worked supplier side and I would say cut my teeth in my uh, younger days at Coca-Cola and organisations like that. I've also obviously worked in some global roles as well with Capri Sun as sales and marketing director before I guess, latterly working on the opposite side, which has been great. So having worked for companies like Ramson International, as well as Green King, more recently looking at kind of the buying operations and marketing side of those of those companies. So yeah, kind of ended up here really by fortune, I think more than anything else, that there was an opportunity and John and I had a bit of a chat and it felt like the skill set that I had from the past was really relevant to the projects that Unitas are working on at the moment with their members. And so yeah, really excited to be here. Obviously it's based in Yorkshire, which is the best part of the UK, I have to say that. And yeah, I can continue the development of the team as well, which I think is a really key part of our strategy moving forward is the focus on the people within both our organisation, but also the wider group as well to support the teams in their their development journeys. How many yeah. Unitas members are there at present? Uh, 155 odd members, which is good. Turnover of around eight and a half billion. So uh, so yeah, so really positive uh, performance and and in really strong growth at the moment, which I think is really key and something that hopefully you know today we can talk about. Obviously, some of the challenges the industry faces, but I also think it's really important to recognise that within the UK market, the growth that's coming through independence and symbols, and particularly our members uh, performing ahead of that market. Do you see that growth as something which is across the whole of the wholesale industry? Is it are we in a good place currently? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's, you know, for me, it's um, having 20 plus years in the industry. I won't give the exact number or else you'll know my <laughs> age. But uh, yeah, having been around the industry for a long time, I think it's in one of the healthiest positions it's been in, actually. I think, you know, there's still obvious challenges, as, as you talked about in the last episode. However, for for us and our members, we're definitely seeing strong growth. If you look at suppliers and taught suppliers, they'll tell you the independents and symbols are driving growth for them ahead of the multiples. To see that is really positive. I think probably a back kick out of uh, the exit of, of COVID um, and people actually realising the value that we offer within the sector. I think, you know, we're on current journey with a lot of suppliers to realise that value that we generate um, and trying to get them to continuously, I guess, review their strategies um, and invest into our channel is really, really important for the future. Is that one of the things that you're going to be focusing on in your role at Unisys? What What's the commercial director's in tray look like? Yeah, what does it look like? Big and busy, I'm sure. But, uh, <laughs> I think for me, definitely, you know, some of the key focus areas are, are one, how we work better and more collaboratively uh, with suppliers to maximise, obviously, growth for them. But most importantly, that member centricity. So what are the focus is of our members at the moment? And one of the things I think, you know, is certainly on my table is kind of around the supply chain efficiencies that we can recognise. This is a project that's come, you know, come about for many years, I think, in the malts arena, but um, hasn't really 
really been optimised through a supply chain angle with the wholesalers uh, at a level that I think is acceptable, if I'm honest. Um, and I think that's something that at Unitas um, and speaking to suppliers and our members, you know, they're really passionate about. So I think how we kind of uh, better focus on an optimised supply chain for everybody to maximise that value um, is going to be a key focus for me, as well as, as I say, kind of that execution element as well. So really making sure that we're getting that through line execution and depot into the retailers. Again, our members are really passionate about this and delivering that value for suppliers. So we need their support with that because obviously we need to have deals that are competitive and and give us that kind of uh, point of difference. So when you talk about supply chain efficiencies, what does that actually entail in, in practice how long did you say we've got <laughs> um, <laughs> as long as you like in terms of supply chain efficiencies i think it can counter kind of two two or three key areas i think one is are we really optimizing things such as um, moqs we know are on the rise from suppliers but obviously that can be prohibitive if we're not careful so looking at things like moqs and how we better deal with that situation could be as an example member to member could be central distribution there are a variety of alternative solutions to that so working out the one that works for our members most importantly but equally works for suppliers and i think getting project teams set up to get input from all parties is going to be crucial to that rather than going to one solution in isolation. The other thing is things like forecasting, which is an ever much debated topic within uh, within this world and uh, something, again, I think we can work better on through better understanding and utilisation of data. I know some of the, the people you work with in the data areas would definitely kind of uh, push that forward and say that's something that we can do more of. There's a lot of arms and legs to it. And the key thing will be to kind of prioritise those and come up with a clear plan over the next kind of six to 12 months. Just in terms of that minimum order quantity, obviously we've seen that um, being pretty widespread now with a lot of big suppliers putting um, upper limits on or lower limits, whichever way you look at it in terms of what's available to order. Does that potentially disadvantage some of the smaller Unitas members? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it prohibits them potentially from taking in some of those products um, and also access to things like MPD where maybe there isn't the rate sale there at the moment. So it actually not just prohibits, I guess, our, our members, but more importantly, it can prohibit suppliers for, for kind of launching innovation into our channel. Our channel is very, very successful with innovation. It's one of the best places to try it and uh, yeah. something that we should definitely encourage suppliers to do more of with us. It's always been one of the things, one of the strengths, isn't it, about wholesale, the opportunity to try those new products that are nimble, working with entrepreneurs, working with business owners and decision makers directly, as opposed to being part of a wider chain. So it'd be a shame to lose that, really. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. Key focus for us moving forward. So just going briefly back to your own journey, you've worked with the supplier side and then more latterly with the wholesale side. That's something that we've explored at FWD previously, that sort of poacher term gamekeeper, not quite sure which is the poacher, which is the gamekeeper <laughs> in that scenario. Um, you know, when you've come onto the wholesale side from the more working with suppliers as a supplier, what are the learnings that you bring with you? What are the things that you're able to say, actually, when you're dealing with those guys, that's what they want to hear? It's a brilliant question, actually, James. And I think something that I'm really passionate about kind of talking more about. The difference for me is when I've worked supplier side, I would say we oversimplify wholesale. And what I mean by that is we don't really apply a segmentation lens to the wholesalers. You know, these guys are entrepreneurs. They're very successful businessmen. uh, They're very agile and they move at pace. And I think sometimes grappling with that when you can grapple with a very simple grocer model is hard for suppliers. So sometimes being able to understand the models that each of our members deliver 
deliver, as an example, can be quite challenging. So I think that's one of the first things I would say is the learning I would say from my kind of transition is actually spend time to really understand the members within Unitas or within the wholesale channel to actually really understand what they're trying to achieve and what they're trying to deliver. These guys are amazing when you sit with them, just, you know, spend an hour chatting to them and things they're involved in and their opinions and their strategies are fantastic. And I think there's a lot as a supplier we can often learn from that. The other point is then understanding how you translate what you do through the depot or through the delivered wholesaler into the end outlet and kind of really deliver that executional excellence. That's another area coming from supplier side that you don't always understand that complexity. So if you've got a supply challenge um, in a grocer, you're probably out of stock for a couple of days. If you start failing into wholesale, you can be out of stock for longer just because of the nature of the, the the time to get to market. So how we work more collaboratively to realise those opportunities, I think it, they're huge for suppliers. And if I knew what I knew now, I'd probably do things very differently back in my supply days. Yeah, and it's, it's a two-way process, isn't it? It's learning from each other. And fascinating Definitely. to hear you say that helping suppliers understand wholesale and the segmentation and how it works is something that uh, we as an industry need to focus on. As if by magic, that's something that we do a lot of, but FWD, not set up, I assure you, um, via our how to win sessions, our introduction sessions. So we're trying to onboard them, make sure that they understand what is quite a complex sector, let's face it, if you don't really understand it, you've never really had any knowledge of it. But the other thing that really interested to hear you say about customer first, so profitable customers, obviously, that's what we all want. And there's lots of points in the, in the chain, lots of moving parts. So Really, really interesting to hear this. That's one of your focuses as well. So, yeah, definitely in the right direction for us as FWD. Good to get that sense check, but fascinating to hear uh, from you as well. Going to bring Mark in in a second, but before we do that, a question that I asked Doward on our previous podcast, it went well. So I'm going to ask it again. What do you think is the best thing about working in wholesale? It's really simple for me. It's the people. For me, I think the agility, the ideas, the creativity, the ability to deliver at pace is something that I've probably never experienced, actually, even, dare I say, across the globe, which is quite a, a bold statement within wholesale. I think people are, they're, they're willing to try things, they're, they you know, will embrace risk, but they will also, you know, really challenge your thinking. And I think the people are, are a key component part of that across the industry, that willingness to share good ideas and that willingness to learn from each other while still being really challenging because you know we're a bunch of competitors at the end of the day as well so I think that's what's really exciting about the industry and and what I would say to anybody looking to start a career I think wholesale is definitely the place to be definitely the place to be am I right in thinking that you just said of all the industries you've worked in around the world wholesale are the best people you've ever worked with that is absolutely gold absolute gold that's gonna be our strap <laughs> line I think absolutely brilliant work with the best people you'll ever work with well, let's bring another fantastic person to work with in on the call, Mark Gubin from uh, Acheron. Acheron is a software platform which helps wholesalers and suppliers manage trade promotions. Welcome, Mark. Thank you very much for joining us. Any thoughts on what Kirsty was saying there about the need to um, make sure that we've got supply chain efficiencies across the sector? That's presumably something that you guys at Acheron help with. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I remember in the last conversation you had in the last um, podcast, you were talking a lot about machine learning and MI and the rest of it. And this is very much uh, part of what we do is understanding what the volume requirements are going to be for a specific territory, specific regions, specific products. Um, and, and machine learning and what we call predictive analytics is all part of that. 
how much are we going to sell into a particular area um, based on past performance? And then what if we do something different? What if we do some kind of promotion? We do a, a price cut or we do some kind of other promotion with a, a different type of uh, levers and how is that going to affect um, what our volumes are going to be? All of that is really important um, as part of what we do at Acron. So, Kirsty, is that how, how does that fit in with what you're trying to do at Unitas, that sort of looking at what's worked previously well and then learning from that? I think it's a really important part of the strategy for us moving forward is exactly that. You know, as a, as a member-centric buying group, we need to do things that work for our members. And therefore, that review piece is absolutely critical. I think it's often a challenge that suppliers would throw at us as well is, you know, in terms of what promotions work and what promotions don't work necessarily. I would 100% agree that technology that enables us to make those decisions and review those performances quicker will inevitably help. And have you got any examples, Mark, of things that you've done that have been, been successful in working with wholesalers in this space? Yeah, so visibility is really important. So seeing which promotions, uh, uh, you know, are effective and then providing tools to allow buyers to see what has been working for them, specifically things around tiered promotions and these types of activities. You know, as I'm approaching different levels of a tier, if I sell so much product, if I sell a bit more, I'm going to get bigger, a better discount. It's just providing feedback to the individual buyers so that they can adjust their own kind of selling behaviors. We have clients who receive this information on a daily basis. Can They can go onto a portal and see exactly how their buying activities are affecting the discounts and such the promotions that they're receiving. So when you say they can see what's worked for them, how do you measure that success? What, what are you actually looking for in terms of what's worked? So it's really you know how, how they're approaching different levels of the discounting options. So again, if again, we look at tiers, if I sell X amount of units, I get buy one, get 10 free, or buy, buy, sell 10, get one free. How close am I to approaching those tiers? And if I buy X amount of volume before the, you know, the next tier expires, then I can warehouse that and get that discount. It's just about the visibility in, in, into what they're doing. So, Kirsty, you've, you've worked as a supplier and also as we've explored and unpacked across the, the uh, session. What do you think the benefits of successful promotions are a, for suppliers? Obviously, they want to sell as much products as possible, but for wholesalers? Promotions are crucial. We know they're really critical to the footfall into depot and into, into store. And I guess making sure those mechanics are the right mechanics, that we're not giving away too much value is probably the key area I would suggest is really important for us. Um, so putting the right level of discount in that we're not giving away too much value, but giving enough away that we encourage consumers, obviously, to buy the volume that our suppliers so, so very much need. The other piece is, as Mark's kind of alluding to there, is, you know, it gives us greater buying power, particularly as a group, if we can understand those metrics, because it, it's much better to be able to justify, I guess, your position with a supplier when you've got the metrics of the difference between, say, a twofer or a buy one, get one second half price or a you know price discount. So, again, I think it just allows us to operate those promotions smarter through the line and really maximise that investment both for us, but also that margin for our members, which is most important at times like now. Are you seeing margins getting squeezed or are they not be keeping pace with cost? How's that looking? 
margins are definitely getting squeezed and I, and I think that's a real challenge for us as, a, as an industry and, and why I guess I, I want to appeal slightly on the podcast to you know um, obviously to work with our suppliers and with ourselves and our members to, to really identify where we can find those extra pockets of cash which help us obviously pump up that margin because that's why we all exist as you said you know we're here to make money across the board and uh, tools and processes such as the uh, stuff Mark's been talking about there really help do that at pace which I think is what we need right now and that supplier engagement into those conversations. Yeah, absolutely. So it's, it's great that you're able to facilitate that, Mark. So wholesalers listening to the call, they want to work with Acron. How do they go about that? Oh, well, they can reach out to us, of course, uh, directly. Here in the UK, we have a, have a presence, obviously. And one of the things I did want to mention, too, is... One of the important things is to be able to model different types of promotions. So trying different types of approaches to see which one is the most profitable for the buyers is also very important. So doing that kind of, you talked about forecasting earlier, that is also uh, really useful for different organizations to plan out the best promotions for for their buyers. It sort of goes back to what you were saying earlier, Kirsty, about suppliers using this channel to launch things, try things out. The suppliers that embrace it, I think, are the ones that have, you know, been most successful in our industry and continue to grow. And I think the more we can kind of understand that data, the more we can ring fence volume with suppliers as well, because, you know, we know from the experience of the last 12 months that supply interruptions have been really key over the last few uh, few months. So protecting that volume into our channel again, given the profitability of our channel to suppliers and the importance of our channel in, in growth. I think is really key. So utilising some of the tech available to make sure we really nail that forecast down. Fantastic. I think we're probably running towards the end of our time here now. But before we go, both our time and at the end of 2023, what uh, do you both think is going to be the big thing for next year? Mark, you go first. We're seeing a lot of instability in the market at the moment, just across all sectors. So it's just the ability to be agile, I think, is really important. Uh, Again, the ability to forecast um, and just to be able to respond to different market conditions, I think, is what's going to be important. And Kirsty, what's the next big thing for wholesale in 2024? I think to become much more of a priority channel for suppliers, I guess, you know, I know it's a bit of a consistent theme and I've been very consistent with it for a reason. I think growth we're seeing through symbols and independence can't be denied. And I think that will continue into next year. But we just need to, you know, collaborate continuously to make sure that we're finding that margin to support our members and the wholesalers to really recognise the role they play within this channel. So there will be challenges, as we all know, but I'm really excited by the opportunity to collaborate further, embrace some of the tech as uh, Mark's been talking into and really land for 2024 you know our channel is the as the place to be excellent wholesale is the place to be in 2024 and beyond well thank you very much um, Kirsty and mark for joining us today and thanks everybody for tuning in and we will see you again next time on the whole story thanks very much 